Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Laker Side Chats. I'm your host as always, Alan Ramich. Joining me today is a returning guest. He is the co-host of the official Lakers podcast, Mr. Aaron Larsoul. Welcome to the show, sir. How are you? Oh, better than I deserve hanging in there. You know, uh, you know the low post, uh, Zach Lowe's podcast, whenever he gets asked that question, his answer is always, I'm hanging in there. So <laughs> it's, it's tough times both here and uh, in the UK. So I'm happy basketball is back, but my answer is going to be, I am hanging in there. Oh, aren't we all? Yeah. I feel like everyone's in this weird at fantasy this world. point, at best. <laughs> Man, you know, so... I'm just happy that we're all happy, healthy so far. You know, that's the main thing in this crazy COVID world that we're in now, isn't it? You know, just staying healthy. Yeah, and and obviously this is not a uh, an epidemic podcast or a pandemic, an epidemiology or a pandemic podcast. It's a basketball podcast. So to bring it back to basketball, at least it really so far looks like the NBA has done an incredible job uh, with the bubble and keeping people safe and, and such. So. Uh, shout out to the NBA because this is not a small undertaking. So uh, good on the NBA for, for keeping everybody safe in the middle of what yeah, still is a problem in a lot of places. Definitely. And especially like you said, you know, um, we've, we see it with the NFL, like, you know, players are opting out left, right and center, you know, it's, and it's, we're not talking like small time players. So the fact that the NBA had this situation under control from the get go and the only real mishap has been the um, the shot clock in the the, the Denver Utah game last night. Got uh, the, the, the game yeah, clock. Sorry, going, yeah, uh, where, they, where they had to check to see if uh, the Joker's bucket was in time or not. They ended up it ended up being in time. So they played a million overtimes last night. And uh, Jamal Murray <laughs> in the first game back was was pretty good. Donovan Mitchell was fantastic. Awesome. As well. I mean, the, the the hoops has been pretty good. It's been really competitive. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's kind of like an AAU environment uh, or basketball college tournament environment where you just have games on games on games. And generally, they all seem to matter and they're pretty competitive. And there there aren't many games on the schedule where you just go, eh, like, I don't need this because the eight worst teams aren't there. So all the games kind of matter. Washington is about done at this point. Um, and as we record this, they're they're uh, getting beat up pretty good today. So they're about to, but everybody else is kind of like still sort of has something to play for. The Kings are kind of out of it, but um, yeah, it's been really fun to watch just having games all the time. Well, it's, it's, it has a feel of like a, a world cup in soccer. Mm -hmm. It's game after game after game where mm -hmm. it's constant basketball. Um, you don't have to wait a few hours between games um, it's like you start at 6 p.m. UK time, which is 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, 10 a.m. Central, if I'm right. That's uh, if it's no 10 a.m. Pacific. Sorry, 10 a.m. Pacific. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, 12 Central, noon Central. Noon Central, and the games just go until the evening, and it's yeah. awesome as a basketball purist, especially yeah. if you're at home anyway. Yeah, 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 and then we all are, and and I actually am kind of. Uh, this is off the subject, but I am rediscovering a love for uh, baseball. I, I grew up as a, as a baseball fan. It was probably my first love even before basketball. Uh, and uh, I was always, I was, yeah, I was, an, I was an okay basketball player, but I, at, when I was a kid, I was a better baseball player and I've kind of fallen out of love with it over the last 10 years. But the fact that it's every day and it gives, you know, appointment viewing on TV, 
has has kind of uh, I've re- I'm rediscovering my love for Oakland A's baseball. I still can't watch random teams like I can in the NBA, but <laughs> Oakland A's. Although baseball baseball is like nobody cares in the UK, do they? Well, that's a miss. Not one that's like football. You guys are into American football. You're obviously into hoops. I like baseball. <laughs> Nobody else. You're what are you a Yankees fan? You're probably a Yankees fan. No, I'm a Dodgers guy. Oh, you're a Dodgers fan. I'm LA. Fan. Yeah, I'm LA. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, so yeah, no, you're right. Baseball, basketball's been awesome. Obviously, European football still. You know, the Champions League and Europa League, and then I'm a Liverpool, seamlessly I'm a Liverpool guy. I don't want to talk about the Champions League. <laughs> Just two words, Atletico Madrid too, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't about, I don't want to talk about the Champions League. And my buddy, my best friend is uh, – oh, my brother is my best friend. But other than my brother, my best friend is a uh, Man City guy. So they, they advanced a couple of days ago, so I don't want to talk about it right now. It's a, it's a, that's a sore subject for me. Although I get to – right now I get to claim that we're still the champions, the champions of England and the champions of Europe because the new <laughs> champion has not been crowned yet, so – for this brief moment in time, I get to say that uh, I, my boys are the champions of Europe and the champions of England. <laughs> I don't blame you, but I might kick you out the podcast for that. <laughs> Fair, aren't you? But you're a United guy, right? Yes, yes, yeah. indeed. Yes, yeah, you and True, yeah, you and Trudeau. I have to oh. listen to yap about it too. Well, when me and Mike get connected, when I get to LA, yeah, 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 you uh, guys can. We, 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 you guys can you guys can have at it. <laughs> let, let, let's let's go back to the Lakers. Obviously, there is a bit of a, a link there between Liverpool and the Lakers with LeBron. Um, obviously, we played last night against the Pacers. Didn't end the way that we wanted. You know, touching on the bubble, um, I, the undisputed bubble MVP has been TJ Warren, without a doubt. Um, yeah. He 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 continued that form against us. And what did you make of the game last night? Because I think it was by far LeBron's best game of the bubble and by far Anthony Davis's worst game of the bubble as well. Uh, well, well, AD's had uh, now a couple. Uh, he seems to kind of be alternating. He, he's had a couple that, that haven't been great. Um, but he's also been really, really good other times. Um, I don't worry about Anthony Davis. Um, I think that... So I, I see, I kind of see two two um, two aspects of it. One, I get that people are not concerned at all because the Lakers are not playing a playoff style rotation. They're not playing their guys. Like in the playoffs, you're not going to see uh, Quinn Cook start as he has. You're not going to see Quinn Cook, Tht, and Jared Dudley share the floor. Um, I'm not sure any of those three guys are going to really play uh, in the playoffs. Tht may play a little bit. Um, so I get, I get that. Like, you know, it is very easy to say they're not really trying. They locked up the one seed and, um, you know, they're playing a rotation that's not going to look like what it's going to look like in the playoffs. And so I, I think those things are true. Um, I guess the question though, my question would be, and I don't know the answer to this. It's, it's kind of speculation, but my question, uh, to that, to the people that feel that way is because I'm in the camp of sort of concerned. Um, I'm not really concerned until I see a real rotation. Well, there but, is a little bit. But I'm a little bit of concern. And my concern stems from, is it time for us to see the real rotation? You know, there's always, um, we, we, talk about, we talked about uh, the NFL a little earlier. And this is also true in the NBA. 
if a team has a bye in the NFL, you know, if you have the one or two seed in the NFL, mm-hmm. you, have, you have a week off. Usually that's really good um, because you can rest guys, you can get guys healthy. But there's always kind of the rest versus rust conversation. Like how much time off is too much time off? Um, so I, I, I kind of, it is my opinion that it is definitely now time and maybe it should have been time a game or two before to try to see a playoff rotation to try to ramp up for the playoffs. You know, so if you're if you're going to play Anthony Davis and LeBron James big minutes, kind of regular minutes, 35 minutes both last night, um, then they're not getting the rest. But if you're not going to play the normal rotation, maybe, and I, I don't know this, maybe there's going to be some rust. So I think I would like to see them start you know, building better playoffs and having guys play in scenarios that they're going, look, you don't need to play LeBron in 80, 40 and 42 minutes um, yet, but I would like to see them more, I think with a normal, more normal rotation, because I'm afraid that perhaps some bad habits are being built. Um, But look, it doesn't matter who the Lakers play in the first round. I think Portland is probably the most dangerous. Portland is not going to beat the Lakers in a seven game series. So, you know, there is still, there is a little bit of runway to kind of ramp up into the playoffs, but I think it's time for the Lakers to start building better habits um, with more normal rotations going forward. No, definitely. And, and I, I see a point a hundred percent and I was going to touch on that. Um, I, I, I also feel like the Lakers, um, as a coaching staff and playing staff, see the first round of the playoffs as sort of that playing type scenario, which, you know, as as a as a fan, just as a pure fan of the Lakers, isn't the greatest thing in the world. You know, like like you said, ideally in an ideal world, two games ago against the Rockets, we should have been seeing some type of ramp up, in my opinion. Um, like you said, of rotations and playoffs and who will play, you know, just to get an idea of you know where people are at like you said lebron and ad don't have to play 40 minutes in those games but the other minutes are sort of what they'd be in the playoff situations um saying that though um i was that second quarter in particular um i was really impressed with the just the defensive energy the rotations off ball were magnificent dwight howard as well looked like Dwight earlier in the season because I think he's had a bit of a down spell in the bubble and he seems to finally be getting his feet underneath him as well and I think there was a lot of positives to take away from last night even though the result obviously wasn't what Laker fans or people who follow the Lakers weren't wanting out of that game but I think there were a lot of positives to take out of it as well. Yeah I think that is fair. Um, I think one of the things with Dwight is Dwight is still incredibly talented. Um, Yeah. And he also has a really high basketball IQ, especially defensively. Um, and he is supremely talented. He was the number one overall pick. Uh, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He 100%. Is, frankly, one of the best players in NBA history, right? He's probably a top 50 player in NBA history. Um, and so the talent is still there. The brain defensively is still there. That strength and size is still there. We saw him, I think it was in the second quarter, just absolutely. Mm-hmm dominating uh, Indiana on the offensive glass, uh, on the Lakers' offensive glass, and just getting possession after possession after possession. But the thing that has held Dwight back recently is as somebody who has suffered from from similar things is once your back goes, you know, once you have back surgery Mm -hmm. 
fame. I've had a couple. I've had some procedures, surgery procedures on my back, and you you just don't have your legs anymore like you once did. So I think for Dwight, you know, you're going to see some peaks and valleys, not, not even with effort. Um, you're going to see some peaks and valleys with Dwight because his body just can't do it all the time anymore. But you, when, when his body is, when his legs are underneath him and when his body is there, he's still a really, really good NBA player. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, there's there's been previous stuff about, you know, it, it, the locker room and how he gets along with everybody. Um, but going into this year, he... You know, he, he he assuaged all of those concerns with AD, with LeBron, with Rondo, um, with management, with the coaching staff before he was even signed. And he has been nothing but great since he's been here and he's accepted the role. And like even even in the past, right, even mm-hmm. like last year, two years ago, he didn't play much last year, but his numbers were really good. Like the dude. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just a matter of fit of him being willing to fit in. Um, having you know the right attitude, being willing to do all the little stuff, and if his body's going to hold up, and his body has held up as well as we could have hoped this year, and so that was really was really impressive. Tht, you mentioned earlier, um, I think is a guy that the Lakers. I think he may play here and there in the playoffs, but I think he is a guy that is a real rotation piece going forward. Uh, he makes jump shots. He played a lot on the ball with South Bay, so mm-hmm. he's a capable ball handler. Um, but obviously, he makes shots off the catch. I think he was two for four. I think he was last night. But he's he's made jump shots in the bubble. Uh, he tries hard on defense, um, and the guys seem to like him. He's he's not doing well in the Lakers, uh, the bubble Madden tournament. <laughs> <laughs> really well, but um, the guys seem to really like him. So I, I think there are some positive developments. I think you, you mentioned LeBron playing really well. Um, AD is having some trouble with the double teams. Uh, Toronto gave him problems. And then last night with the Pacers, he's had problems. I think the weak, the weakest part of his game, AD is so damn good, right? He's, he's one of the best five or six, seven players in the NBA. And he is so damn good. But I think the one area, and he would probably tell you this, the one area where he can improve is recognizing the double teams and then passing out of them because there's really nobody in the league that can check him one-on-one. So teams kind of have to, and then since the Lakers in the bubble have been shooting so poorly last night, they made some threes, but generally been shooting so poorly. It makes it the risk reward for doubling AD. It's a lot easier to double AD if you're not concerned with anybody else making a jump shot because nobody is making jump shots other than coups for the Lakers at this point. Um, So I think that, he would tell you, you know, the, the reacting to and passing out of the double team is is probably the weak the weakest point in AD's game, and there aren't many. Um, so, I think that, as I said, it's easier. The other thing that I would personally like to see is Nink at it in some different spots, um, because I think where he is operating now makes the double team easier, uh, kind of in that mid post area, the higher mid post area, mm-hmm. double teams easier, and even makes them less costly for the defense less risky for the defense because the spacing is worse you know if you're down in the post and get double teamed mm-hmm. there's generally more space um i would like to see that a little more and him catching it on the move a little more um but ad is so good i like i don't worry about ad at all <laughs> like yeah he's had some, he's had some stinkers he's had some bad ones and he got some extra work in last night after the game and he even said you know i promise you i'll be back 
And so I believe him. He's one of the best players in the world. But um, yeah, I, I, those are the kind of things that have concerned me. But there were definitely some moments. Um, I and look, like in the bubble, you're just not going to beat TJ Warren. TJ Warren is like Michael Jordan, is like Michael Jordan mixed with Kobe. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Right. It's, you know, he's, you said he's the bubble MVP. The dude's averaging 40 a night. So there's not much you can do with him. Oh, and just to touch on AD, um, you know, it seems like him, he's been getting sort of down on himself in the games as well. I don't know if you've noticed it when he makes a bad decision, especially off the double team. Um, and I think, like you said, I think it will come. I think it'll just be a case of, you know, I don't think he'll ever be amazing passing out of the post because I don't, I feel like that's probably his biggest weakness in his game offensively is that. Um, Again, like biggest. Let's just say it's the biggest weakness in his game because he has no weaknesses on defense. (laughs) No, no, but but when I say his biggest weakness, he's still an average player at it. So it's not like he's like league, you know, worst. He's. I I don't think he has a hole in his game per se. I just think that he can improve with the decision making, like you said, and just the execution. But then sometimes he gets the execution spot on as well. Um, But I think. I don't. I, I want to get your opinion on this. Um, obviously, the Lakers. It's been very well documented their shooting woes. Um, I don't know how shoot arounds have been working, but I assume because of the games that they shoot around in the courts that they practice on before the games. Um, do you think that's made an influence? Be, not being able to shoot around on the court that you're actually playing well, on. So- yeah. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Um, and occasionally, I think they do get to shoot around where, depending on. Um, where they fall. Oh, the fixtures are what, yeah. Yeah, the fixtures. I, I, it reminds me of soccer when he said the fixtures. Right? <laughs> uh, we're going to call it, do you call it the playoff table or do you call it standings? Nah, standings. It, In okay. basketball, it's standings. <laughs> the fixtures. Okay, yes. And it, if, a, if a guy is ready to play, do you call him fit? I, I fit for football, healthy, honestly, because I, right. obviously, you because I'm right. You're a basketball guy. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, but that, that's I, I enjoy that. Um, so sometimes they're able, depending on where in the fixtures they, <laughs> uh, in the day's fixtures, uh, sometimes they can have shoot around where they're going to play. But I think that the location does ha- has had an impact. Now it's had an impact on all teams shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think it has had an impact, and LeBron has said so. Um, not having fans there and not having arenas that you're used to. Mm-hmm. And not it, like the depth perception is always weird. So sometimes um, in college basketball tournaments, when they play in bigger arenas, you know, you get farther, then your depth perception is off. What you're used to seeing through the backboard or mm-hmm. from the sides, what you're used to seeing isn't there. So in kind of these cavernous arenas that are not specifically like for NBA basketball, I think that has been. Um, I think that has been a factor, and LeBron has also said recently that, like, they if they feel kind of dark compared to what is normal. Um, JJ Redick has talked about the lack of fans and how quiet it can be at times, um, and how awkward that is. And these are guys that are used to having people yelling at them, having music going, having the lights a certain way, having arenas a certain way, um, and they've done it their entire lives. So. You know, LeBron has said, you know, he feels like he personally is starting to get used to it. But I I do think that playing in arenas that are not specific, they're basketball arenas, but they're not specifically like NBA arenas. Mm -hmm. 
where you have fans in certain places, where you have them closer to the court. Um, yeah, I, I think it has taken guys a little while to get adjusted. Look, but as I said, what matters is how it is relative to everybody else because everybody's in the same arenas. So it's how quickly they adjust relative to every, everybody else. And like, frankly, the Lakers were kind of a middle of the road shooting team anyway. So, yeah. uh, you know, so, so, um, I, I look, the Lakers are not going to shoot 25% from three in the playoffs, but, Definitely. <laughs> but like relative to the competition, um, you know, I, they're going to need to be at least middle of the road, not 22nd. Um, you know, middle of the road in an NBA season is, you know, 15th, 16th in there. In the bubble, it's, it's 10th. 10th, 11th. Middle of the road of playoff teams is 7th or 8th. So um, I don't think they're going to be 7th or 8th. But I, I think for the Lakers to win a title, they are going to need to be, yeah, they're going to need to Relatively be 30, close 35, 36%. Um, because otherwise, you know, like like you see against the Rockets, if at halftime it was thirty nine nothing in threes made by the Rockets uh, compared to the threes made by the Lakers, the points off of threes. So uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna make as many as the Rockets. Period. You're just not. But no. you have to keep it, you know, respectable, or the math doesn't work. And look, Danny Green is a really he is a tested playoff shooter. He is streaky, but Danny Green, I trust, is going to make shots. LeBron, I think, is going to shoot 35, 36% from three. Uh, Kuz has shot it really well in the bubble and at times throughout his rookie year. So uh, KCP can shoot the ball. So I think the Lakers are going to be okay in that regard. But, like, we got to see it. Yeah, and there's, there's definitely points for concern. Um, I agree with you. Um, it will be difficult to see. But I just want to touch on Kuzma because – I think this is a guy who took a lot of criticism going into the bubble anyway for how he's um, performed this year. Um, but I've got to say, his, especially offensively, we sort of know what Kuzma can bring because of his rookie year. And then last year, I think he sort of built on it, but it wasn't to certain people's expectations because of how impressed they were that first year. Defensively in the bubble, I have been amazed just by how good he's been. And he's been very good this year in general defensively, especially against the Celtics at Staples. I thought he was magnificent in that game. Yeah, um, he, he helped. I'm not going to say shut down, but he helped slow down <laughs> Jason Tatum, who had... Uh, especially in the third quarter, the yeah, pivotal Tatum, point. Tatum had, I don't know what it was, but it's like 30 at half. Yeah, it's crazy. Was, yeah. It was That's, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that was a Sunday, at least here. Sunday afternoon yeah. game. That was 12.30. Sunday whites. Sunday yeah. whites. Right. When LeBron hit that fader over Jalen Brown to win the game. Good times. <laughs> that was a good time. I try not to drink so much at the, the, <laughs> the 1230 <laughs> home games. but and, and I brought my niece with me, my five-year-old niece with me. So mm-hmm. at that time, four-year-old niece with me. So I had to keep the drinking to a minimum. But that was a good time. <laughs> So I say all that to say this, um, especially in the Clippers game, which I think was the Lakers. I think that was one of the only games where the Lakers were on full gear the entire game. Um, are, you talking think, about, are you talking about in the bubble, the first game in the bubble? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, the first game in the bubble. I think that was the only time the Lakers have been fully into it from start to finish the entire game. I think it was that first game. I think the rest has been periods in certain games. The Rockets, not at all. But 
the, the Rockets game was crazy in itself. Like like you said, um, I was really impressed with how he dealt with both Kawhi and Paul George, like to the point when Danny Green, who you mentioned in a shooting aspect, Danny Green's an awesome defender. I was hoping that Kuzma would be on Paul George for the final possessions of the game in comparison to Danny Green, which was no slight to Danny, but just a you know an astounding compliment to Kyle Kuzma as to how well he was doing that game and how well he's been doing defensively in the bubble in general. So I think with Kuz, it has been uh, Kuz works, right? Kuz has an image that he is kind of Hollywood, you know, and and some of that is true, right? Uh, but he works, he cares, and he works, and he was somewhere between like below average and horrific his rookie year uh, defensively. Yeah. Last year he was a little better. Because the Lakers, he remember he started the season playing four and backup five yeah. last year, um, and uh, Coach Walton very quickly realized that that was not the move for him, um, and so he shifted him to start playing more as a wing defender, um, and then this year he has been almost exclusively a wing defender. And it is something that he does well. And look, and, and it's a it's a testament to all all the work that he's put in. But also, let's give the coaching staff credit definitely for realizing that because he put in a lot of a lot of work um, with some of the coaches in the off season um, and with Phil Handy specifically. And so it is a testament to the work that he has put in, but also the coaches for putting him in the right spot. So Kuz, what he does well is snakes screens uh, as a defender kind of gets is able to kind of get small and snake around mm -hmm. screens and guard guys on the perimeter but he still has that size where you can put him on Kawhi you can put him on Paul George and the size that, that we saw he blocked a couple of hardened shots so he's he's still like six nine and it looks like he might still be growing because I don't know if you saw at practice the other day he and AD and LeBron all stood next to each other trying to figure out who mm -hmm. was the and Kuz, when he stands next to AD, like looks like he's very close in size. It's very close, yeah. yeah. It's not far away at all. So I think that size has been used. Is, is You're able to use that size to bother people. He's he's also very conscious of not fouling Harden. Mm -hmm. You can see him when he's guarding Harden. He it kind of keeps his hands low, but it, it kind of is good at figuring out when to get his hands up to challenge shots, but doesn't mm -hmm. put them up so that Harden can bait him into swing through fouls. Um, and he is, I, he's just become a really competent wing defender and he tries yeah. and he cares and he competes and he's kind of like, he's got a, like an ego that he doesn't want the other dude to get him. And so he has been really good, really effective in guarding some of the best players in the NBA, the best wing players. But I, I think it's more of a continuation of, uh, what we've seen. Mm -hmm. from him this season though he can get beat occasionally and, and this is like a biomechanics thing that mm -hmm. was a huge problem from him early on the perimeter has become less of a problem he shifts his feet a fair amount mm -hmm. yeah hops a little bit has these little hops and shifts mm -hmm. his feet so he used to get beat off the bounce all the time because sometimes when somebody when a player would make their first move his feet weren't on the ground so he couldn't react to the move quickly enough. Uh, he's done a better job of correcting that. Um, so I, yeah, I, he is 
like he's bigger than he's obviously bigger than Danny Green. Danny Green's a really good defender, but Kuz is bigger than Danny Green. He's more athletic. Uh, KCP is, you know, kind of a smaller guy. Yeah. KCP does better on on point guards. Ones and twos. So I, I think that and and look, this league has is largely built around teams that have wing guys as their best players, mm-hmm. and primary creators. You know, James Harden, Luka Doncic, the Lakers with LeBron. Um, so, you know, Kevin Durant, when he's available, these these wings, you mentioned Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, so these kind of wings, big wings that are the engines for a lot of the best teams, uh, a lot of the best teams in the world, Kawhi and Paul George, obviously, and Giannis. Like, you need guys that can fight those guys and guard those guys, and you need athleticism and size to be able to do that. And and Kuz has those basic tools, and now his his game, his smarts, um, his intensity, all of that is is kind of catching up. Well, and it's it's a, it's a point why I don't think Portland will trouble anyone, sort of, especially of that caliber in the playoffs, just purely because, as much of a Nurkic fan as I am, obviously it helps that he's from Bosnia. Right. I think the dude's awesome. Hey, um, and you know, Dame's Dame, obviously, and barring the two missed free throws. But I don't think they have anyone who can guard Kuzma on the wing, let alone guard a LeBron. Um, so I think that's where that yeah. matchup will be won. Yes. Um, so that's why I say, look, Portland is dangerous and Portland is really good. Oh, now, definitely. Now that they have Nurkic and Collins back, um, they're going to miss Rodney Hood. Um, Big time. And, but I think even more specific, they, they, Rodney Hood getting buckets. Gary Trent Jr. is kind of filled in in that role. Mm-hmm. And Mello has been pretty good in the bubble, um, but more than more than him specifically to the bubble in the matchup with the Lakers because that's the only team they can play in the first round if they make it. Is Trevor Ariza's not there, and yeah. so I don't know who guards LeBron. I mean, look, nobody in the NBA guards LeBron, but like <laughs> Portland doesn't even have like a like, half they, defender. Yeah, they don't, they don't even have somebody who you like can chuckle and put on LeBron, right? They, like, exactly. I, I don't know what you do. Um, look, Dame and CJ are tiny. No, just no chance. Just forget it. Um, you know, they, they start Collins and Nurkic. Nurkic is big. He's too slow. He's like a very traditional center. Yeah. He, I mean, like uh, defensively, he's a very traditional center. Offensively, you know, he can do some things. He's a good passer. Um, Collins is pretty athletic, but Collins just like. Still too slow. Yeah, I he's still so. too slow. You're right. He's not. He's not guarding LeBron. Like Gonzaga no. be easy is not guarding LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, like their only choice, they start mellow. Like their only choice is mellow. Do you really want Carmelo Anthony guarding no. LeBron? Right? No, no, not in 2020. <laughs> I don't want Carmelo guarding LeBron in ever. Twenty in in 2000, 2003. It went, what was it? 2002 when they played in high school and Melo was a senior and LeBron was a junior and LeBron gave him I, literally a no point in planet earth in any time or space. Do I want Carmelo Anthony guarding LeBron? <laughs> Especially now, right? Because yeah. they are similar age, but LeBron is not human. So he hasn't aged like, like Melo has. So I just don't know what Portland does to guard LeBron. Um, 
they just know they, yeah i mean as you said like forget like coups too but forget coups like i just lebron you have to the pay the, yeah. the lasers can't guard lebron for 40 or 42 minutes it just like it just doesn't work no, and, and that's why I think it'll be a fun series, but I think that would end in five or six games. I think, yeah, no, I think I, I think Portland can win a game. I think Portland probably wins two games. I um, think it go, can make go a, six. They can beat us, and I, you know, like Lakers fans and people that cover the Lakers, work for the Lakers, and play for the Lakers, and in the front, mm-hmm. like all of us, I think that Portland is good enough to make the Lakers' world sweat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly more than the Spurs, more than Memphis, especially without. Jared more Jackson. than Phoenix as well, more, I think. More than Phoenix, more than you know, the the New Orleans thing would be kind of fun because uh, some of the 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 Lakers babies coming back home and, and <laughs> Zion, obviously. Uh, so I would put them second, although they are so bad on defense, oh, especially defense. But so I, I think Portland make could make the Lakers world sweat a little bit, but they just mm-hmm. can't guard LeBron for you know enough to win four times. No, and that, that's the part I agree on. It just doesn't work. Like it just there's well, nothing there. You can't. Well, I think that's I think that's been the common denominator whenever I've watched any team against the Lakers this season. Especially when LeBron's been switched on. There is no one like even Giannis couldn't guard LeBron one on one. And that's and that's Giannis in my opinion being but in in a league of his own defensively with Anthony Davis. Like those two I think are clear of everyone defensively at the moment. I agree. And I and I still don't think he could guard him one on one, which is a testament just to how amazing LeBron James is. You know, LeBron is unbelievable, even at thirty-five, almost thirty-six. The fact that he's even in the debate for the best player in the world, and in my opinion, he still is the best player in the world. Yes, look, Giannis is going to win the MVP. I think LeBron probably should, but Giannis is going to win it. I agree. Giannis is also going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Anthony Davis, because of his versatility. Um, probably uh, like that one is a toss up. I, I, I just see Anthony Davis. I, I, right? So I would, I think Anthony Davis probably should win mm-hmm. um, because I think they're pretty similar, but Anthony Davis is playing yeah. tougher competition. Um, but I don't I, like, we saw it, right? Oh, that was, that's March. Whatever that weekend, whatever the weekend was, it was uh, March. That was a great weekend. Yeah. March 6th. <laughs> March sixth and then March eighth we played. Martha, the yeah, it was it was Milwaukee the sixth. Uh, I think it was a Friday night. Friday and, and then Sunday. Sunday matinee. Yeah, and then Sunday against the Clippers, and then the last one Tuesday the tenth, um, the Nets. So we saw it on the sixth, right? Like when it mattered, mm-hmm. LeBron guarded Giannis and was guarded by Giannis and mm-hmm. got the better of him. When both teams cared, when both teams were trying to prove a point. When the game was close and mattered, LeBron got the best of them. When it matters, there is nobody else on planet Earth. There is nobody – how about this? There's nobody else in the history of planet Earth that I would rather have than LeBron James. And that's still the, that's still the truth with him at 35, 36. He's oh, the best – he is still right now the best player the world has ever seen. I think he was far and away the best player ever two years ago, three years ago, five years ago. But mm-hmm. still, LeBron James – in year 17 is better than anybody else has ever been on planet earth which is crazy which is a crazy sense he's not human like like his slowing down is him deciding to go 25 and 11 essentially instead of 
you know, 27, 8, and 8. <laughs> That's his version of slowing down. Well, he, he very specifically, I said this on our first podcast of the year. I said LeBron James has never averaged double-digit assists in his life or in his NBA life. And he will average double-digit assists this year, and he will lead the NBA in assists this year. I happen to be right. Sometimes you get lucky. But I... It was I, I figured that from seeing because I knew he was going to have the ball because mm-hmm. the Lakers signed. I could see there wasn't like a specific point guard. We could tell that he was going to start at point guard. Mm-hmm. He also said he wanted to make Anthony Davis feel welcome, feel at home, get him going. Um, so I could tell that he was going to play point guard, and it was important to him to like, be a point guard and get mm-hmm. other get assists and get other guys involved. And in talking to him, kind of you know like away from the podcast, just like chatting with him here and there at practice mm-hmm. or or whatever, it became apparent, or on the road and whatever, it became apparent to me that he cared about the number, getting the assist, that mattered to him. Um, So I'm not even sure he really, like, he's going to slow down at some point, right? He has to. Theoretically. Right, exactly. That's the point. You said it. That's the point. He has to. I guess, like, theoretically, (laughs) at some point. But I, like you're saying, him slowing down is 25 and 11. I'm not sure he has. He picks his spots a little differently, right? He can't this year. He was certainly better on defense than last year. And if you're yeah, going to carry that kind of offensive load, nobody, especially in year 17, can like be expected to use 100% energy on defense. But he was still really good on defense this year. To the so, point where I think he should be on the old defensive teams. Like that's how good I thought he was in the first part of the season. He was quite good. Yeah, I, he's just a, he's the best there is. He's the best there was. That's. Have you ever seen The Natural? It's one of my favorite movies. My top like five or seven movies. The Natural. No, I haven't. All right, so it's a baseball movie. We're back to baseball. Robert Redford. Mm-hmm. I think it's from eight, 1984, mm-hmm. uh, from a book. Um, so it's a baseball movie, and. You know, they ask him about what his somebody asks him about, like, you know, his his uh, aspirations in baseball. And he's mm-hmm. like, the best there is, the best there was and the best there ever will be. And that's LeBron is the best there is right now. He's the best there was. And I look, you know, who knows what's going to happen because the game always evolves and gets better. But mm-hmm. I, it's possible he's the best there ever will be. Like, who knows? We might we might may not be around in five years. We may not be around in <laughs> So who knows? I'm calling it right now. Maybe the world is coming to an end. So I'm calling it now. LeBron is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Oh, I I thought it was a touch to Bret Hart, the hitman. (laughs) Hitman Hart. Yeah, although apparently, uh, I I was a wrestling fan back in the day, but Uh apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently uh, his tag team partner, partner, Marty Jannetty, is like one of the worst human beings ever. So yeah like based on it i'm not gonna get political but based on his own posting he seems Mm -hmm. posting uh, i guess i i just saw this apparently he's really awful on facebook which i which like made its way to twitter the other day so i saw it a couple days ago and let's just professional professional wrestling in general isn't a, a a beacon of um <laughs> Any no, it's type not a of life. society, generally, right? No, no it's not. It, not attracting know, the breast and the brightest often. Uh, you know, barring the the barring the rock, and obviously Stone Cold was very outspoken on um, a lot of human yeah. rights issues. Yeah. Which yeah, he has been, he has been, 
And in my, in my opinion, again, not getting, I don't want to get political, but in my opinion, on the right side of, of these things. So, which is not what you would have guessed based on his persona from uh, on the Texas w- Rattlesnake <laughs> WWF days with the jean shorts and, and slapping the beers together. I, he, he, he uh, struck me. He uh, kind of struck me at the persona, not him, because, right, we don't know these guys. It, the persona mm-hmm. struck me as one of them, uh, you know, one of them good old boys, let's say. <laughs> and to be honest, I don't blame you. But, like, just to go um, full circle here, um, I, I understand there's a lot of trepidation behind the way we've played. Um, I understand, like like you said. But I think you put it beautifully in that because of LeBron and then having – AD alongside LeBron, and I think, you know, Kuz taking a step up. I think KCP was really good last night, and I think that's that got that got lost as well in the loss. Um, KCP, I think Dion's been really good in the bubble, barring, you know, shooting woes here and there in some games, but I think his playmaking off the bench has been really helpful for the Lakers. Excuse me. Alex Caruso, we all love Alex Caruso. <laughs> so you know, I, I'm, 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 I. There's some trepidation in me just because of how badly we've played in certain games, but then when I take a step back and I look at just a LeBron team in any season, five, six games before the playoffs, and there's a there's a pattern there. There's a correlation, you know. So and if there's anyone I trust in this type of situation. Um, it's LeBron, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree with that 100%, which I, which is why I say, look, the team has LeBron, so I'm not going to worry mm-hmm. until... like, if, if it was another team that didn't have LeBron and Anthony Davis, but specifically LeBron, mm-hmm. I, would be, I, I would be officially worried. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm in the place, like, I'm not worried about LeBron at all, which means no, I'm zero. not worried about the team, really, because, like, LeBron... Kind of is a proxy kind of for the team. Um, and LeBron physically and mentally is going to know how to get himself and his guys where he needs to be. So that's why kind of my official position on it is I'm not really, I'm not worried. I have some concern because I haven't seen mm-hmm. it yet. So it's like, now I want to see it. It's I like, I know Definitely. it's there, but I want to see it. Um, and I, I think, what was, I think it was Joey, uh, one of the one of the guys I, I work with, one of the Lakers reporters, John um, mm-hmm. Ramirez, who I'm sure a lot of the listeners out Does there. Does a follow. great job. Yeah, Joe. I think it's Joey A. Ramirez on Twitter. So follow him. Uh, he was on uh, Pete's podcast mm-hmm. on, on Laker Film Room's podcast, and he had another really- awesome podcast. That it is really must good. listen. Yeah. yeah, it is Pete's and Pete's and both Joey and Pete, both really good dudes. Um, so I think Joey raised on Pete's podcast that LeBron, the last, I think it was the last five years. Um, so take out last year because LeBron didn't make the playoff. The Lakers didn't make the playoffs. So LeBron's team didn't make the playoffs last year. But the five years before that, when they made the finals every mm-hmm. year, one of those times winning a championship, um, the, in the last, in the, those last four games leading up to the playoffs, uh, the Cavs were six and fourteen, so, and then you know they went to the finals. Now, granted, it was the East, but they went to the finals every year and won a title in one of those years, mm-hmm. beating the Warriors. So, like, there is precedent for LeBron's teams kind of limping into the playoffs and still being ready to go when the playoffs start. So, I'm not worried. 
but I have a little concern because I want to see it. And the the reason I don't, I think we maybe haven't seen it yet is mm-hmm. not because of how the team, it's because we're not seeing the Lakers that are going to be playing in the playoffs. So if I see the Lakers that are playing in the playoffs in rotations that are similar to the playoffs and it doesn't look experimental and it's still like not working, I will have more concern. But right now, a little, but not really. As a fun, I agree with you about Dion. Dion is really useful, especially when Rondo is not available because Dion can do some things, creation off the bounce that nobody else other than LeBron can do. Well, even even with Rondo, I still think Dion's more useful just because I think Dion creates his own shot a lot better as well than what Rondo does. And I think defensively, um, we all know how good Rondo was in the prime of his powers. Um, that can't be disputed, but I, I, I don't think he's a viable defensive player anymore. Um, but I like him as a person. I think you know everything you hear about Rondo in the locker room, especially even like the young guys who went to New Orleans, like you still hear them talk you know, super highly about Rondo. Like, that, that tells you the type of character he is in the locker room. The guy's in Chicago when he was in Chicago. So it's a guy who I absolutely love having on the team, but I'd much rather see Dion play at this point than Rajon, to be honest with you. I'd like to see him take a role like Jared Dudley, like break, break in case of emergency, you know. That, that's the type of role I want to see Rondo take. So you, you and I are doing this podcast. Uh, we can see each other, right? We, we, there's <laughs> For this podcast over the Atlantic Ocean. Um, my answer to that is, well, you tell them what my answer to that is because it is not it is not going to be verbal. My answer to that question is... <laughs> it is a... Um, yeah. <laughs> That's my answer. Uh, that, that's fair. That's fair. I respect it. I respect that. <laughs> Listen, you're an employee of the Lakers. I, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> I'm just smiling. <laughs> I think that is a great point to end on. <laughs> Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. Um, where can the people find you, find your work and whatnot? Uh, the best place, well, the best place, Twitter is at Aaron Larsoul, A-A-R-O-N-L-A-R-S-U-E-L, at Aaron Larsoul, um, go there and Instagram, but my, most of my, uh, you know, actually I, I post some, some Lakers stuff, some NBA stuff, mm-hmm. um, yeah, when, <laughs> when I'm at games and stuff, who knows if that'll ever happen again, but when I'm at games, I post stuff on my Instagram or some Lakers stuff on my Instagram and the stories are kind of behind the scenes stuff. But most of my Lakers stuff is, is on Twitter and you find all the links to the podcast and episodes there and, and all of that on, uh, on Twitter. So at Aaron Larsoul on everything, go find me. Mm. On Instagram. If you want good food pictures, uh, that, yeah. that, that, that's, that, that's what Instagram's for. Most of my most of my Instagram stuff these days is uh, cooking stuff, and uh, at least in my stories, uh, mm-hmm. it's cooking stuff. Yeah, I, I cook a lot to keep busy during during quarantine, and uh, so I post pictures of, of of cooking and shoes. My 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 hobbies, <laughs> a lot of a lot of shoes. I can I, relate I, the. Yeah, I've actually I've started uh, I've started restoring and and customizing shoes, even though I have no uh, artistic ability, so. It's a, a bunch of food pics and, and a bunch of stuff. And then uh, it, that's in my story. And then my act, the actual pictures on my feed are 
generally pictures of my niece and nephew. Not because that's that's about it. Not not a lot going on these days. But at Aaron Larsoul on Twitter and, and Instagram. Oh, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been it's been a great pleasure. It's been, it's been my pleasure, and uh, you know how to find me. So anytime, brother. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Thank we'll you to you. everyone. We're gonna see you in LA in 2021, right? Oh, that's the plan. Like, yeah. right. Um, hopefully, you come with me to a game if if 2021 exists. If we're allowed to leave the United States or the UK, in your case, if there are basketball games, and if those basketball games have fans and attendances, <laughs> I should have added if those basketball games are not in a bubble, and if those basketball games have fans. Those are all. If all five of those conditions are met, then you're coming with me to a game. <laughs> Deal. Big time, man. Big time. Uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Hopefully, we get a vaccine relatively soon. <laughs> and it works. <laughs> and it's widely distributed. And people choose, enough people choose to take it so that there's enough herd immunity. And yeah. Uh, let, let, I'm, I'm going to try and keep it positive on this one. <laughs> Uh, I have a vaccine in my pocket, and I will send it to you. <laughs> that's what I want to hear. <laughs> that, that, that's great. That's great. That's great, man. Thank yeah, you hopefully. again. Hopefully, Thanks again, hopefully. everyone. To... No, definitely, man. Thanks, to everyone, for listening. Be sure to leave my podcast a five-star rating. Go find Aaron's podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Listen oh, yeah. to them from throughout the season. Yeah. Awesome, and, but, awesome. This one, listen to this one twice. Download, subscribe, download, unsubscribe, resubscribe, give them a five-star rating and review. Always, always, always say something nice. And by the way, mention me in the in the review because I have low self-esteem. But make sure you <laughs> give this podcast a five-star rating and review. Subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, mess with the uh, mess with the analytics, mess with the algorithm, and then <laughs> and then go listen to mine once. And go listen to Pete <laughs> like film him. Go listen to Pete too. It's really good. It but listen, awesome. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Have a good evening. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe.